This is Voices of Lancashire, a podcast about migrants who live in Lancashire and made their home here. I am your host, Lara Mumesso. I live in Lancashire and I am an Italian migrant myself. Voices of Lancashire is born out of my personal experience, which I am sure is shared by many other immigrants. How many times have people asked us the question, where are you from? And how many times have the same people made assumptions about who we are and what we do here, precisely because of our nationality? Assumptions that do not necessarily correspond to our life stories. Out of this experience, I decided to create Voices of Lancashire, a space where migrants who live in Lancashire talk about their life stories, why and how they moved to Lancashire, their impressions of this part of the world, their ambitions and their everyday life experiences in a place that has become their permanent or temporary home. For this first series, Voices of Lancashire will consist of 12 episodes published fortnightly, each with an immigrant living in one of Lancashire County districts. If you are an immigrant interested to know more about the experiences of other fellow immigrants, or a local interested to know more about the life experiences of your new neighbors, this podcast is definitely for you. Follow me. Hi, everyone. Today's episode is with Enisa. Enisa arrived in Lancashire three years ago through a family reunion process to join her husband, who had been here for a couple of years. Thank you so much for being with us today. It's my pleasure and thank you for inviting me to share this experience of mine. It's a honor for us. So, Enisa, you live in Skelmersdale. Yes. Commonly known as Skem, I got to know. So I've never been there and I know very little about it. So can you describe to us Skem from the perspective of someone who migrated there? How does it look like? How is it to live there? So Skemersdale, it's a small town and it's developed, I think, mostly after 60s, in the early 60s, because of the structure that it was built with warehouses and most of the working staff was built here. So all the people that wanted to work from Liverpool have generated this place and make it more vivid. So from old stem that they call it, now it's scammers there. And it's like separated this part, the new one and the old one. It's very quiet place, very friendly as it is small, let's say. You have this culture brought from Liverpool. You have very much age accent when they speak, which was really difficult for me at the first moments when I come here. They try to keep it like quite calm, has problems like everywhere, new generation and new rivals. Now, I guess for the northwest of Lancashire has becoming more open through new arrivals, refugees or immigrants. I think they find this place more comfortable, let's say like a little bit cheaper than south, I guess. And it's located very nicely because it's only 35 minutes away from Liverpool, 45 away from Manchester. Doesn't have a train station, but you could be there very near by Wigan or Parbold for both destinations or Homsford. It's a place where you could start or restart 
your journey because you have time, a lot of time to understand and to be part of the journey that you have to do. And also most probably of the local community. Are you in touch with people over there? It's my first time in immigration status. I never moved from my, my country and it was difficult to readapt it with a new life. And it was like, you have to find the tools or the way. And the first thing is the social moment. So I didn't know how to do it because I come from Albania. I don't have too much people around this place from my community. So I was not oriented how to do it. And I find out that here existed the citizen advice office. I knocked there and I asked them, I have these conditions, I'm just arrived and I need to be integrated. I want to find some places where you offer English classes because I thought that I know a little bit English, but maybe it was American language or I don't know. So I needed to, to be in contact more with native people and I wanted something to be, to feel helpful. So I could volunteer my time to, to be more nearby the community, to understand the, the way they, they operate in their lives, these differences through cultures that we have. So the first door I knocked and they offered me the possibility to do these things. They offered me organization where they do it English classes. It was like Duolingo or ISO, but in very beginners, but it was not Mostly for the language, I guess I needed to be nearby people because I'm, as a person, I'm very social. I can't be without engaging with the others and to know things around me. And after this, I volunteered in another center. It's called a communal center and it's a community center as a receptionist, where my big challenge was the phone, to understand people through the phone. This is very practical because you have everything here. It's by computer and by phone to be resolved. You don't have to go and knock on the offices. So it's very mediatic, let's say, if you have to deal with gas or electricity companies, you have or phone companies, you have everything to resolve it through the phone. So I'm now I am in uh, provide the gas from Scottish Power, which is horrible for me to understand them. But I take my time and I try too much <laughs> because they have so difference in English. Th these were a bit challenges that, uh, you know, they grow up you, making you understand and try to communicate easily. Actually, really like the point you made about how to do it, how to do those things that usually we take for granted when we do not move, especially across countries. So how to network with people. We don't have family members. So how to also recreate a family environment in a place, in a stranger place. And also language, connections, also the places, right? Where, when we live for very long in a place, maybe we have memories from family members and so on and so forth. Whereas when we move to a new place, it's also memories need to be gradually constructed. And so this requires specific skills or uh, it requires a kind of learning process. So Enisa, you are Al Albanian and you are from Tirana, which is the capital city. So I was wondering how was life in Tirana and especially maybe if you can make a comparison with your life in Scam. Who were you when you were in Tirana? Who are you now? 
It's interesting question that you put it, who I was and who am I? Yeah, and it's true that the environment is the, the thing that definition you in a way. So yes, I used to live in capital and there are some prototypes for capital people and for peripheric or people that live in more isolated places. So as we know, capitals are in current with everyday or new era of everyday life. But here it's like things doesn't move so fast. I'm 3,000 miles away, so it's a huge difference. <laughs> it's not only because of the capital or a small town. I studied for fine arts and I've worked as a graphic designer. And after I became a mom and uh, started to approach mostly with photography, I started to, to do it because I wanted to do document every moment of my kids and after through friendships and stuff like that I started to be more professional <laughs> to be part of their journey and documentate friends families their kids their birthdays their graduations some marriages so I've gone through a lot of topics regarding to human photography let's say but I think that helped me because it's a passion after it becomes your passion, it's like another artistic language and it's much easier than painting. It's a luxury to, to do it that. So it's nearby, let's say. You have find another language to express your everyday, your, your feelings. And when I came here, as I said, okay, I have to make this practical, find connections or a small network to be inspired by people. But also, uh, you have to do it a little bit by yourself. So I gone through mostly to do landscape photography and still life here because I needed to explore what's around me. And now I know a little bit scam. Sometimes I wonder that I meet people that haven't been in places that I have been because they don't show interest, for example, very much in deep places, but they are the gems of, of this place, I guess. And I, I really like to to explore this and i think camera has been a very close friend to me which means that if you have a hobby even if, when you change completely your life it helps very much to hold on your passion and to feed your emotional and state of mind let's say and to be positive for your family at the end of the day you must reflect what you what you have in general so it, it is difficult when you change we came from completely another way of living. We have been very close with our people, our relatives, and social life. And here it's a little bit different. They are really social, but in another way, let's say. So they are not prepared if you, for a moment, you, you want to go out now, right now, because you feel it like this and you want to share that. And nobody's ready for this now. <laughs> you need to make an appointment. Yeah. And in a long term, not tomorrow. <laughs> so that was a little bit different in a way. But I've started step by step to engage with my passion. So now I find the Wigan Photography Group, which is nearby me. It's like half an hour away from SCAM, where I host some groups with photography. And it's very interesting because it is with people over 18 years old, and they are mostly people around, I guess, 40 to 60 that are most interested in this journey. And 
you really enjoy because they, they come with a passion and they want to share and they want to learn. They don't mind that you have other culture or you have these difficulties with language or how do you express your terms because it's a technical terms, but they are very positive. You feel accepted and you get good feedback and that's that's it. Share your passion and to be helpful for somebody, I guess. It's actually very interesting what you just say and it's linking to a conversation I had last night Actually, with someone, a woman who organized through crowdfunding, very similar to this project, a badminton classes for children. And there are a few also immigrant children who couldn't speak very well English at the beginning. And she said they were very happy to be part of this group. And I was, yes, usually it's sport, passion and music are those contexts in which you don't really need to speak a language in order to be able to communicate. And to be together, feel together, being able to also play an instrument means that you can communicate with anyone, even though you don't speak their language. It's something I've always been fascinated about. You know, for, for others, but in photography, or maybe it's personal. If you meet somebody, you have this chemistry thing, which inspires you or give you a reaction. It's very helpful to have the contact face-to-face -face or to be nearby people. As you say, it's art and music and sport are related to this and helps very much spiritually for our growth. Yes. We just had to interrupt the conversation for a few minutes and we got a wonderful news on the side of Enisa, who has just been offered a job, a new job opportunity. Do you want to share it with us? Because it's really live. Yeah, for me, for me, it's a good achievement and it's what I like to do mostly is again with photography. I have been accepted in Omskirk newborn hospital to get uh, pictures of newborn babies. So it's really lovely to do it that it's another kind of emotion. It's, you know, it's like crystal pure emotion when you go to do this job. I wanted to add that has been a very interesting journey for me here. And here I go in the question, who am I now? So I started to engage a lot of community in Scammersdale. I participated very much volunteering, of course, uh, in this organization where are mostly for refugees, but you can understand a lot from other cultures and The, the way they have come here and how they settle here and the life and all the administrative stuff that they need to be engaged at the beginning. So for GP procedures and the dentist and things like this, that they are in the first steps. So after I've been part of different exhibitions, small exhibitions that have happened here. So engaged in the art environment again. For the Refugee Week, I had an exhibition in, it is the center of Scammersdale, let's say, the center building and activities goes there mostly. And it has been a really great experience for me because to build this project, I needed to go in different workplaces where these refugees worked and was really great to, to be in contact with entrepreneurs and to listen from them how they feel about these people and what was their help or contribution to their business and also to this community. I engage with uh, 
NHS programs they have to offer to West Lancashire programs for well-being and they want to share these funds. So you engage with community to decide in what are mostly desirable or needed these funds to be spread or to be used. Did you learn about this society through your work? This is really different. We are more direct when we ask for something or when we build something. And here they have another kind of language, how they build the narrative of looking for something. They do so much uh, research and try to understand through questions or through interactions with the others. And after they build what they want, it's really, really interesting this. So they don't go for sure to, to do it, but they explore a lot. And after they decide. How do you do it different in Albania? I think that we are very much direct. If I need to apply for a fund, I don't go to be so much. So for, for this fund, that is around uh, 4,000 pounds. And we have more than three months being engaged every week for two hours, a range of different target groups from the community that they are exploring on what they have needs more and what's the best for them. But we call it this a, a losing time, maybe, in my culture. It's too much. So we get representative from, let's say, from the organizations, but not from the, the people that live in this environment. And here it's the different. They engage the people from the base. I don't know how to put it, from community. They direct them after to decision makers. And it's very interesting how they, they build it, the narrative to till there. It sounds actually as an ideal process, a very democratic, the way you describe it. It is. And I enjoy it. I really enjoy it. And, you know, it's like completely another understanding. It's not that I have been very engaged in my place with stuff like this. And maybe this makes it more uh, interesting for me here. Thank you, Enisa. So let me just recapitulate a couple of things. Uh, when you were describing your life in Tirana, you mentioned your identity as that of a student first, and then a designer, a mother, a friend, and also a photographer. What about your identity here? Who are you? I think that I'm trying to be a good citizen. <laughs> and this, I do it to be through engaging with uh, different topics around here. You know, I have a lot of friends, but again, from different cultures. So when I met here, the first ladies have been from Moldavia, Ukraine, Bulgaria, which I find it very easy to communicate with them. Maybe it's because of the culture or it's like you are colleagues in this moment and you share the same problematic, the same everything. So through communication, you can resolve something or you are in the same amplitude, you know, same wave. This helps me and I guess we help each other. So here I find it myself also a good friend <laughs> for, for these ladies and also them for, for me. I've been a wanderer because I really have explored a little bit around. So I don't know how they call it, but I, I wanted to mention like bygone time that is in Chorley or another vintage shop that is in South Court or small places like this that are in Rothford. And they are very interesting with people in ages 
that in their age that try to pass them to the others in a way that they they find themselves connected with such things. So, for example, if you buy a painting and you you feel it, you like it, and it's it's like you live a little bit from the other person that had it before you. You have the same taste, you share the same feeling, and it's very interesting. You can understand a little bit of this place, past, and culture and heritage. What do you understand out of these shops? They are very much uh, for their era that they love. I guess is this Victorian era, and they transmit it in very magnificent way, delicate. So the way the ladies or the gentlemen sell their products or represent their products with words and gesture, even they are old objects, so a stool or a dish or something, how they represent it to you is very amazing. It's like you go in a theater and you see this acting moment. And this is connected very much with the objects. It's not only you go there and buy a chair or a rug or something, but all this uh, process, the, the discussion you have or how they represent it, that it's very emotional and historical because they have to explain you something about. For, for example, I bought a stool that the lady sold and it was to his neighbor that used to work like a teacher and has a passion for the wood, so he made a stool for every neighbors, for every neighbor of his place. And one of the stools was this. So you buy with this object the history. And this is very nice for me. You know, it's like you, you feel a little bit like you read a book. So I saw England, Northwest England, let's say, or this Lancashire stuff through these objects or through these uh, places. And I find it very amazing. Yeah, I agree. And I also agree that these vintage shops are very peculiar of the UK or even Lancashire. I think the UK as a whole. When my dad came over, I also took him to bygone times. And he was amazed. And I could see that he really connected with so many of the objects he saw that belonged to his childhood. And it's interesting because in Italy, we do have these kind of shops, but maybe in some parts of Italy where I live is not really so rooted because here it's really all over. They have this culture even for the clothes. So you have this British foundation and Bernardo's and all these kind of shops built up on uh, their will to help and provide for organizations. And this is very, as you say, it's very rooted in these places, which I really like. And volunteering is a, a very strong part of their society and they really enjoy and support this, this uh, tradition or this way. So it's not gone for nothing. Yeah, on this, I think I tend to agree. That's really true. So, Enisa, it would be nice to know, how did you choose the UK? Why did you come here from Albania? I mean, you could have been in other places or did you select this country? And especially within this country, Lancashire. So, my husband chose, in a way, to be part of this adventure or this journey. He's Greek, so he is a European citizen, which made my trip of my journey to here much easier than the other Albanians. 
it was this place because people from our culture or from our places make it or or uh, promote it like a place where you find the job has jobs to do to be done so you it's much easier for example than the places like switzerland maybe germany because they are open to accept the skilled people the other reason it's about i have two boys and uh, they are in the age that they need to understand a little bit more about the world we were agreed together that england in our uh, mind has been like the highest place for the education so we really would like to give them the chance to be exposed to this uh, thing and after the if they are able to do both through this education and get it the best we will be happy but just to give them the chance that we didn't have i see so before coming here did you have any pre knowledge even preconceptions about the uk its society yeah they are completely i think another community another way uh, society they like to be different and they are different so i thought that would be something similar with these places where i traveled and in a way the civilization is everywhere the same but has their rules it's not as i dreamed <laughs> or as i thought so when i i made a visit in chester and chester was as i thought england must be in general because scammersdale is completely another thing so this region is a little bit more worker place and chester looks like more core of of british heritage they have differences and you can't understand if you stay only in one place so for this help me a lot of these uh, shops that are second hand and uh, museums if you visit and here is all the museums are for free which i i really enjoy this and gives me the opportunity to to see them did you have any specific preconception or stereotypes about british society before coming here and then you realized it was completely different or maybe the same as you thought we build our stereotypes or our thoughts through books or through movies and i've been grown up with a lot of movies so cinematography has been part of my life as i know very good italian cinematography also <laughs> so i really enjoyed for example hotel budapest and i really liked their language and what i built in my mind about this society is that they have a specific language of speaking not language like general just the way they built the clauses the way they built their thoughts and how they express every group of society in, in every layer of it they have this they know they speak in very eloquent and very delicate way and of course they pretend by you to do the same so but we we have a shortcut we don't make could you could you we are not very much on this that was a big difference of course i pictured in myself like victorian era the people living here because they, they have this passion when you speak to them or you go to to ask for something they hear you to the last letter in my culture maybe it's me like this i interrupt people i try to be one step ahead so it's this rush no it's the opposite here so 
which I really love. It. That's true. I completely agree. I think it also depends here. Uh, language is also very much reflected by class, education. But it's true in Italy too. We just uh, is a competition where you talk who is going to finish. Yeah, we can talk together in the same moment. We understand each other in the same moment. We speak and understand. But here it's not you have only to speak or only to understand. That's true. That's true. So I wonder, how does it mean to be an Albanian in the UK? Well, I find it, uh, maybe I still haven't been uh, very much exposed with the stuff that I want to achieve. And maybe there is the moment that you feel the core of the thing. But anyway, when you represent yourself, of course, you say your name and stuff, but Africa, you have to say your nationality. And I thought with myself, okay, I have to see in the eyes of the people when I have to to uh, represent myself like Albania because you get a kind of reaction. It's really, it's not like, oh, but you know, it's very interesting. They freeze a little bit <laughs> when you say, I'm from Albania and they freeze their face or they smile. But this is like the first impression after if they gave you the chance to know you or they hear you. It's like like a movie from Jack Nicholson. When you come first, I saw you, you look handsome, but after you spoke. <laughs> and in this case, it's the, the opposite. So people see you and after you speak and maybe you, you interfere to them. And it's like goes in the second hand, this Albanian thing. But of course, we, we everybody, I guess, to make life simpler, more simple. It's like we use labels. So for Italians, if you say Italian, they have this sympathy because of the place and food and everything. As it happens for Albanians, they have this label that we are engaged in things that are not desirable or more mentioned in a way. But you can, we know everywhere, I guess everywhere people are the same. Depends what you want to bring out from them. The way you feel like you are perceived, does it reflect the world you come from? I think yes. So you are who you are because what life you have done or the environment you have grown up or participated, so we reflect it. It helped me because we have courage, because we want to succeed. We have a mission. You have to survive and succeed. This helps I guess, in a way to interact or to be, to try to be accepted and to, I don't know, to engage, to be engaged. It's not like you are in a marathon. You just do your, your way as you know how to do it. It's like, doesn't have a recipe for this kind, I guess. It's like, for example, we, we heard each other and you have this good understanding about the topics and how we sp spoke about that. And we are, let's say, in the same boat together. You are immigrant, I am immigrant. We are completely different. <laughs> in a way, we have the same experience. I'm not the first person that emigrated. It's not the first era. So nowadays, I guess it's much easier than it has been before. And if you have something to offer and to prove it, people accept you and the society try to help you, I guess. Thank you for these important points that, as you said, uh, every immigrant have a different experience also because we are perceived in a different way. But indeed, there are some 
uh, lines or some points, some experiences that in, some, in a way or another are shared. So yes, I'm sure that your story might resonate with that of many other people who are listening to, to this podcast. So Inisa, I have two more questions. Usually ask these questions at the end of each interview. One is, uh, do you feel you belong to this society? I never thought I have been separate, even when I, I meet foreigner people in my country. And we have this, that we are welcoming people because we don't know them or their cultures. And we thought that they have another kind of civilization, maybe, or they are higher in education and stuff like this. So we try to, to include them in our culture. When I came here or everywhere, I think... The world is ours. <laughs> we are part of it. So I feel now more when I've had this experience with different refugees that I've known a lot of from Africa, Uruguay, Nepal, Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan. You don't feel such a big difference. You know, we are human beings. Happens to be here. Tomorrow we can be somewhere else. You never know how it's going on. Where it's challenged you. So I, in myself, I never had a, a small thought that do I belong or not. It's like, for the moment, <laughs> this is my, my home. And I consider it home. It's not like I'm, I'm a transit or I'm in a hotel. I don't know. <laughs> I guess if you want to, to have nice life, you have to, to be in these shoes. Yes, I completely agree. It wouldn't help to wake up every single day complaining or thinking you would like to be somewhere else. Yeah, you have to go. It's like, I choose to, to come here. It's not that somebody put me in the chains and <laughs> bring me here. It's like a free will. Yes, I, I completely agree. So the last question is, do you think you will return to your hometown one day? You never know. Of course, you have this nostalgia and you feel very home there and you have connection with people and environment and everything. Why not? Yes, why not? If my when a moment will come, maybe I have to to remove again and to have this never thought so so long. So in in a distance. Maybe I'm not too much a person that makes plans because never happened to, to realize the plans. So I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I, I don't project myself like in long terms. I like to, to live what I have in the moment and maybe in short terms, but not to go so far. We don't have guarantees. And those two past years shows us that you can have so much in your, in your table too. Yes. You know, there is that saying that while Human beings are planning their life. Gods laugh with us. <laughs> they, yes, they laugh at us indeed. So it's most probably a good approach. So, Enisa, thank you so much for sharing with us your story. I'm very glad that while we were doing our podcast, you received uh, this wonderful news about your new job opportunity. I'm looking forward also to, to hear a bit more about it. Maybe there will be an exhibition coming out of that process. And I think that with this, we can end today's interview. Enisa, thank you so much for being with us today and for sharing with us uh, your life experience here in Lancashire. And for our guests, see you at the next episode. Stay tuned. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.